Welcome to Understanding the Bible with Pastor Stephen, episode 34. We are in a war, and are you acting like it? So let me just start with Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. So, first of all, armor is for soldiers. It's clearly talking about some sort of war, right? Then it uses the word wrestle. Now, this is from the Greek. Another form of that word is balo, and that means to strike or thrust. It means to actually attack or to fight, right? It's not just, oh, we're struggling. It's, it's, an, it's an official offensive attack. So when it says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, he's saying we are actually offensively attacking, striking principalities and powers against the rulers of this, the darkness of this world. So these are enemies, actual forces with power, the way this is talking of of this wickedness, right? And then at the end of that, it says, having done all to stand. That means at the end of the fight where you are offensively attacking, thrusting, striking these powerful enemies, you should still be standing. So the goal is to win the fight be the last one standing after the battle, right? So whether we like it or not, we are soldiers in a spiritual war. So there's three things that we need to understand in order to survive this war. Who we are as Christians, who the enemy is, and what is our purpose or our goal. So the one we're going to cover this week is the first one, who we are. We are soldiers in a war that is spiritual. 1 Timothy 6, starting in verse 7 says, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, Flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. So verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. It lists spiritual traits. It says that our fight is faith, not physical. So we are soldiers in a war that is about our faith. In God, what we choose to believe in. And then 2 Corinthians 10, 3, for though we walk in the flesh, physical world, right? We do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or fleshly, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. What this means to us is that our spirit is affected by this warfare. Our spirit is attacked in a spiritual war. 
First Corinthians 10, 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. Then in Luke twenty two thirty one, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with you, both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell you, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before you have thrice denied that thou knowest me. Why this is important here is this was an attack against Peter with his faith in God, but it manifested itself in the physical world. They attacked him physically. They threatened him with death when they saw that Jesus was being crucified. And they're like, weren't you with this guy? Shouldn't you be crucified too? And Peter denied Christ. So physically he spoke and then he ran physically. So it's very interesting, but your spirit is attacked first, then it affects your physical life. But his spirit, his faith was tested and he ended up denying that he knew Christ. This has eternal spiritual consequences for us. And that's why it's so important that we understand we are in a spiritual fight. Matthew 6, um, starting in verse 19, says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. This is a spiritual consequence, and it's eternal laying up treasures in heaven. So we can have good things later if we fight right here on earth and do the right things. Then 1 Corinthians 3.11 says, For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, or stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he has built thereon, he will receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so is by fire. So there are consequences for our good and bad deeds, for us fighting courageously and faithfully for God versus giving up to the enemy or making compromises. Where our deeds will be burned by fire, we will be tried for what we have done, and we will either be rewarded or we will suffer loss eternally in heaven. Don't forget what happened with Simon Peter. What happens between Satan and God and the spiritual demons and angels attacking us and defending us and us praying and fighting is that that spiritual war bleeds over into our physical world. John 16, says, these things I have spoken unto you that in me, you might have peace in this world. You will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Sometimes we have to stand up and fight for truth and justice and things that are good. Psalm 144.1, a psalm of David, blessed be the Lord my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. 
my goodness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield and he in whom I trust. And then in verse five, it picks up again and says, bow the heavens, O Lord, and come down, touch the mountains and they shall smoke, cast forth lightning and scatter them, shoot out your arrows and destroy them. Send thine hand from above, rid me and deliver me out of great waters from the hand of strange children. David asked God to help him fight. He thanked God for teaching his hands and fingers to war, literal war. He asked God to come and fight and deliver him from the hand of strange children using smoke and fire and lightning. And that's a literal reference to strange children is foreign men coming into his country. Children referred to young men, men of war. Okay. Uh, you don't typically send old men to fight. Usually they're in their teens or in their twenties. So foreign men coming into his borders, into his country, physically fighting wars and killing his people. King David is like, God help me fight these actual wars. Right? So that's a physical fight. Now, they might have been coming because of a spiritual war, or they might have been coming just for physical war, and there was something spiritually going on that they didn't know about. Um, that's between God and Satan, and we don't know why things happen in our physical life, but many times they come from the spiritual. Now, it continues on in verse 10, and it said, it is he that giveth salvation unto kings, who delivereth David his servant from the hurtful sword. Rid me and deliver me from the hand of strange children, whose mouth speaketh vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of falsehood. That our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth, that our daughters may be as cornerstones polished after the similitude of a palace. So we must fight physically many times, and also verbally stand for truth against the falsehoods, and why? For our sons and daughters. So this spiritual war affects us physically and it affects our children. And don't forget, in all wars, there are casualties. So we can get hurt in this physical world. Matthew ten twenty eight says, And fear not them which can kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So it's saying, don't be afraid of potentially dying physically in this world. Rather, we need to fear God and follow him so that we can go to heaven. Think of the book of Job when Satan and God are in the spiritual war and Satan's like, hey, I've been wandering around the earth looking for someone to attack. And God's like, hey, have you considered my servant Job? He's a righteous man. And Satan asked permission to attack Job Job ended up losing his home, his crops, his businesses, his cattle, and his children were killed by foreign invaders, all because Satan made it happen. These were all physical losses due to a spiritual war between Satan and God. So a lot of times things that seem out of the ordinary, like a tornado that took out Job's house, could very well be spiritually driven by demons or by Satan himself. So you will fight physically in this life because you are a soldier in a spiritual war. One thing that we really have to understand as soldiers, and, and this is very difficult because people don't realize Christians in modern day society don't always understand or act as if they are soldiers. 
All right. That requires training. So we need to, we need to really understand that, that our position is as soldiers. We're not innocent civilians, just la dog da going about our lives. We actually have a job and a role to play. Therefore, we need to train, we need to be watchful, and we be, need to be willing to engage the enemy like a real soldier. We don't have the luxury of civilians that are living in a free society. We need to understand that we are the last line of defense for the souls of human beings. This is not a joke. Your life is not all there is. There is more. You are part of a bigger cause. And it's very important that you understand that. First Peter 5, 8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom you must resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, which has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. A lot to go in there, but we need to be sober and vigilant. We need to realize the devil is a roaring lion trying to harm us. We need to resist him. We need to understand that there are fellow Christians in the world who are currently being physically afflicted by the devil. And then finally, we need to understand that God is going to accomplish something through this and we will win. So Ezekiel chapter 33 talks about a watchman. So think of a city surrounded by a wall and you have guard towers and you have soldiers in the guard towers that are watching for the enemy, right? Um, this happens all the time, whether it's in time of peace or time of war. It doesn't matter. In my military training, there was always a fire guard. There was always somebody who was up all night long keeping everyone else safe ready to defend. So this watchman that is on the tower is supposed to blow the trumpet and warn the people of the city so that the army can wake up and fight. You need a watchman because if you don't have one, the enemy can sneak over the walls and kill everyone in their sleep. So Ezekiel 33 is talking about this watchman. Starting in verse three, it says, if when he sees the sword come upon the land, he blows the trumpet, warns the people. Then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. So if the watchman blows the trumpet and the people just sleep through it and they get killed, it's their fault. It's not the watchman's fault. Verse five, he heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning. His blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning will deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet, the people be not warned. If the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. Now, I know this is talking about Israel, but we need to take this as a warning as Christians that we need to be watchmen looking out for evil, warning the innocent, being prepared to fight. Matthew 4:19, And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. You see, the devil wants everyone in hell. But our job is to let people know that they don't have to go there. There is an alternative, heaven. That is why Satan fights. He wants to prevent us from sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Jesus wants to make us fishers of men so that we can share the gospel, bring other human beings to Christ so that he can save them. And as a watchman, 
We need to be able to point out the evil, to point people to Christ, to warn people of the results of not knowing Christ, that you'll end up in hell. You're going to hell. Everyone is destined for hell, but God can save you. Jesus Christ can save you if you just believe. So Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How will they call on him if they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him if they never heard about him? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So as soldiers, one of the things we actually have to do is understand that we are the last line of defense for human souls. We need to warn people and we need to tell people the good news of Jesus Christ. The way to do that is train for battle. Remember, David praised God for teaching his hands to war. So we need to teach ourselves to war and use the Bible to train ourselves. So how do we do that? Well, number one, in this physical life, if you do have to physically fight, if you do want to be able to stand up for innocent people, take care of your body so that you can fight physically. Take care of your mind, sharpen your wits so you can be prepared mentally. There's a verse that says, as iron sharpeneth iron, so the countenance of one man sharpeneth another. We need to be sharp mentally, and we need to be anticipating and thinking and planning and watching out for the enemy. The best thing to go to to prepare yourself is Ephesians chapter 6. Train your spirit by putting on the whole armor of God. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. There's the soldiers going out and telling people about Jesus Christ. Verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So we need to start thinking of things tactically. And that means a way that relates to actions carefully planned to gain a specific military goal. So here's something you need to think about is constantly be evaluating the why behind what is happening in the physical world. Which side is fighting? When you see something happen in public or when you see something in the movies or in a book or in school or at work, when something happens, think of good versus evil, constantly be evaluating. Are you, are you seeing propaganda? Is there something evil trying to twist you to think that something is okay or to do something that goes against the Bible? Always look for the tactical advantage in whatever situation you find yourself in. And what this means is like take the high ground so you can shoot down at the enemy, right? So we talk about taking the high ground morally, doing the right thing, being the better person. That would be a tactical advantage to shed the light of the Bible on things. And then we need to prepare mentally and spiritually for long battles. Think of the cities that were surrounded by walls, right? What if an enemy surrounded them, an army? Well, what do they do every day to be able to live? They need food and water, and then they need ammunition to be able to fight. They need bows and arrows and swords and shields and all kinds of stuff, right? 
Well, the word of God is not only the sword of the spirit to fight with, because remember that Jesus, even when he was tempted in the desert by Satan, he used the word of God to counteract what Satan was telling him. The Bible talks about the meat of the word and how as newborn babes, we need to desire the sincere milk of the word. So we have simple truths and then we have the tough meat of the word, the hard things that you have to think about and, and actually chew on for a little bit and, you know, and meditate on to figure out what it means. Those words, those doctrines in the Bible are swords to fight against evil, to fight against falsehoods. So we need to actually memorize scripture to be able to fight this spiritual war, to be prepared by storing food, the word of God, and ammunition, the word of God, the sword of the spirit, in order to fight a battle. A lot of people don't think about that in preparation as a soldier for a spiritual war. You need to have at your fingertips verses, just like Jesus did when he was being tempted by Satan. And of course, as soldiers, you always need to be watchful. First Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant for your adversary. The devil is walking around like a roaring lion. Think of the watchman on the tower. You have to be watching for the enemy. If you're sleeping in your bed, you're going to miss it. If you're not paying attention to what is going on around you in light of good versus evil, if you're not seeking truth, it's very possible that you will be deceived or led into sin or ignored completely in the battle because you're not fighting. On that note, you need to beware of false teachers, whether it's in the church or at work or anywhere else. There's over 180 verses about false teachers that Christians need to be aware of. Matthew 7:15 says, "Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You must always be able to discern truth. And one of the ways to do that is to search the scriptures daily to see if what you are being told is true or not. And of course, as a soldier, if you've got all this training and you're prepared and you've got armor and you've got the sword, then you have to be willing to use it to engage the enemy, right? A soldier, a good soldier, doesn't prepare only to retreat when the enemy comes. You need to be willing to stand for God, for innocent life, for truth, and for justice. Remember the end of that armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6, it said, And having done all, to stand. Be bold, be brave, be a person that the enemy doesn't want to fight. When I was in the Marines, uh, we actually had a, a British Royal Navy uh, officer come and teach us. It was kind of like a foreign exchange program. They came and learned how the Marines trained and fought, and then they taught us some things. Um, but he told us he'd fought in the French Foreign Legion before he joined the British Royal Navy. And he'd been all over the world fighting in many different wars. And he said, when the world hears that America is coming, they're scared. But when they hear that the Americans are sending their Marines, they run in fear. And that's the type of training that you need to have to be bold and brave so that the enemy doesn't want to fight you. Proverbs 28.1 says, The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. So in conclusion, whether we like it or not, we are soldiers in a spiritual war as Christians, as believers, in Jesus Christ, we need to understand who we are and what our role is as soldiers. Next week, we'll talk about who the enemy is 
So until next time, God bless you.